1: Recorded live. You know, at the time of uh, recording. You're listening to the Hot Takeout Podcast, the only podcast with a 30 minutes or less guarantee,
0: or it's free. And now your host, Chad Bradley. Can I take your order? Hot Takeout Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find your favorite podcast at Spreaker.com forward slash Studio DNA. My guest this week is not an artist. I don't think he can sing. And even if he could, I'm not sure I'd want to listen to it. But what I do want to listen to is every single artist this guy signs to the label he's a part of. Lance Brown is my guest. He's a part of Dream Label Group based in Los Angeles, California. And I think it's safe to say that you probably have a song that's one of your favorites that is from an artist that is on the label he's a part of and a pretty cool experience this week. We get to pull back the curtain and see behind the scenes stuff and get some inside looks at the music industry. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show unless you're driving, in which case pay attention to the road, but still enjoy the episode. My conversation with Lance Brown starts now. Lance Brown of Dream Label Group. Thanks for being here. In this space, appreciate you joining me. We've interacted off and on for several years, talking about music through radio, and um, it's been a pleasure to get to know who you are and, and just kind of see what you're passionate about, and I think it's a, kind of a cool opportunity to pull back the curtain. I talk a lot to artists, but now I'm talking to somebody who has a lot of interaction with artists that a lot of people know and love, so welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Well, thanks for having me, and I'm I'm excited to have our chat today. You know, there's been a lot of things in my life over the past 20 years, and I can't believe that I'm even saying that I've even been in the music industry for the last 20 years. Uh, It seems as though it's gone for a few years, actually, but uh, time does really fly. I'm really happy to be on the show with you.
0: Awesome. First things first, it is a hot takeout podcast, so we have to reference food at some point. Do you have any food restrictions that you know of, like you're allergic to anything or stuff you just refuse to eat?
1: Yeah. So uh, I ate a banana when I was two, and that was the last time I had a banana. It <laughs> just doesn't work well with me. My my problem is if I, if I open my mouth and I talk a little bit about food and what I don't eat, it's never really about an allergy. It's just for some reason I just realize, oh, my gosh, maybe I'm just really picky. So I have a laundry list that includes mushrooms, tomatoes, Onions, it depends on who it's coming from. I don't like strawberries either. But like somebody told me that a kiwi tasted like a strawberry and a banana. And I don't like either. And so naturally, (laughs) you know, you do the math and all of a sudden, you know, you don't like kiwis either. I realize that I'm probably just maybe just a picky eater.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's completely fair. There's a lot of things I don't do based on texture alone. And I completely understand the kiwi thing. I think it's been a very long time since I've had one. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it and I'm not going to eat it if I don't love it.
1: Right, I don't know if the reviews are in on, on whether or not kiwis are amazing or not yet.
0: I feel like kiwis are the avocado of fruit. It's like <laughs> avocados are awesome and awful at the same time. It's like, how do I like this? I don't know, I'm confused.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. And then you know what's weird about certain things that you you thought when you were younger, they were vegetables, and then they turn out to be fruits. And you're like, oh, I had no idea that you know these various vegetables were fruits all of a sudden and it's like it doesn't make sense like i've never you know is a tomato a fruit is that that what we're doing you know i don't know how many people are actually putting that in a fruit salad but uh it's just very strange how like when you're a kid you have this idea about food and when you get older you start making it you make it for your family i tend to cook a lot in my family and mess around with a whole bunch of different recipes and whatnot and we joke and we talk about all these things about you know various foods and whatnot
0: It's like, you can lie to yourself, you can say you're a fruit tomato, but let's be honest, you're only ingested with other vegetables. Yeah, nobody's making a tomato fruit salad. No, not happening. So your uh, your official title with Dream Label Group is general manager, according to your website?
1: Yeah, so according to the website, I'm a general manager. I was actually initially hired on as the GM of what was initially just called Dream Records. Almost uh, a little over 10 years ago now, But that's how it evolved. I I think it's more or less just for people to tie me to a title, I guess. Uh, But the reality is, is, you know, I was made partner of the company a while back. And the founder of Dream, his name is Dave Hanley, and his wife Gina, you know, who are just dear friends of mine. They sort of blessed me into the company that way. So I sort of respectfully call myself, you know, a partner, general manager, whatever. I'm all things to all people. (laughs) you have
0: all the fingers pointing at you when something goes wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That too. Yeah. That's fun. Um, you know, I, I'm thankful that, 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 uh, I've had a lot of like really good blessings at the company, but sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you sort of live and die by the work that you do and the day to day work that you have to sort of uh, account for naturally with partners and all that, you know, the company's grown over the years, you know, you are always managing expectations. Um, you know, for all that
0: stuff. Dream label group has several labels inside the group. And some of the artists that are under the groups that I know of would be groups like switch, uh, Hillary Jane, mass Anthem, Joel Vaughn, Matthew Parker. We are Leo Landry Cantrell. Yeah. Cant- Cantrell. I'm, I always, I'm just going to say his name wrong uh, for the duration. <laughs> Call him Landry, um, there you go. Landry Kiwi. Cantrell. But I mean, I know you guys also have like a worship, a worship and a gospel and a, a a bunch of other wings of, but the, the world that the hot takeout podcast would probably fit most in is to the, the one with uh, Matthew Parker and those that the group, the list of artists that I, I mentioned, G- give me a, a just a kind of a quick brief overview of dream label group. I know you said that it was dream records for a minute and then it's kind of sprinkled, but just give me a quick overview because I kind of want people to, I think people have a perception of what a label is. It's like some guy behind a giant desk in an in 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 office that's like crushing people's dreams that just goes, I don't hear it. G- go win fans or something like that. Some guy with us, do you smoke cigars? Because I feel like that's what you have to do if you work at a label.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, sometimes I feel like that, uh, that I'm crushing dreams, you know, because I report weekly to our artists various, you know, marketing initiatives. But the reality is, is, you know, the company started as affectionately dream records the reason why it was called dream records is because it started out at the dream center in los angeles dave hamley who started the company really just wanted to find an outlet for his own band so he was the worship leader for the dream center his band was called press play he wanted to just have an outlet you know so you know how some people when they're trying to get off the ground they usually just tie it to a label name well, he just took it to that extra level, got the church behind it, the church endorsed it. And so Press Play did very well on its first run with their first record called Life is Beautiful. And that started the whole label back in 2008. Now, there wasn't a, a business plan or, or anything to kind of move it forward to where it is today. But I think God just sort of took it into that on his own as we were sort of kind of grinding and figuring this whole thing out. Press Play ended up having the number one single at the Hot CCHR chart about 11 years ago. Uh, with their song that was also called "Life Is Beautiful," they were uh, nominated for a double Award, and I think Dave was just kind of thinking to himself, like, "Well, maybe there's a there's something here that I can pour into with other artists." So he had a list of services, and he had a recording studio, you know, at the church, and so that's kind of how it started. And we started signing artists very early on. I, I would say not necessarily known if we were a Christian label per se, but just. We were in L.A., and we had artists around us, and we just started putting records out. So we put out an American Idol act that was a country artist. We also put out a, a pop sort of act. We kind of put out an independent, or indie sort of sounding act. And they were sort of all over the place. But we also had an affection for the local church as well, so we started doing signing a lot of churches to the label. One day, Dave and I sort of had a meeting a couple of years into the company, and we, we decided that Dream Records was going to be more of that sort of adult contemporary or pop or whatever you wanted to call it in that sort of sort of box there. But then that dream worship was going to be more, much more of your praise and worship stuff. So that was the first time we actually sort of splintered the company. That's where dream label groups would start. But that sort of evolved once we got got that started. We started a EDM label called Drome in 2015, which is where Matthew Parker started and Chris Howland and uh, some of these artists that are now doing very well today. And then Dream Worship, some of the churches started going on that. And then Dream Gospel, started. we started putting artists uh, on the gospel side of it. And then we just had sort of an affection for kids' records and Spanish records. We put out the first Evan Kraft record. You know, we just had a, a lot of really cool things. So we just kind of decided from a branding standpoint that in order to kind of have each label represent each genre, that we needed a whole bunch of labels. So that's why we sort of... On all of our social media, it's always Dream Label Group, everything, just so we could sort of cover all of that. And today, we, you know, we have a, a publishing company that signs individual writers and some of the artists and churches, and then we have, I believe, about eight or nine labels underneath the umbrella group.
0: I, I talked with an artist a few weeks ago who was a hip hop artist and also he did folk music, and I tried to convince him to start his own folk hip hop group, and I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to take off, but I'd just like to say that I called it before it did.
1: You know, what I love about music, I'm so fascinated with art in general. Like, my wife and I live in a museum or, you know, like, uh, we, uh, we tend to drive a lot. And so, you know, I'll just look at the skyline and I'll just appreciate what's happening as it goes from sunlight to dark. Music, you know, anything that has an artistic sort of like slant on it, film, television, have a really good appreciation for it and what I've learned about art is that it can surprise you and that new genres pop up, hybrid music starts to kind of become favorable and you never really know where the next hit is coming from. As much as we want to put boxes around things, art is not a business. It's a complete different side of the brain. It requires somebody to be very free and liberated. That's what I kind of like about music specifically and why I'm in the arts and promoting the arts is just because I have a really strong appreciation for the unexpected. expect it. And uh, the industry has changed so much uh, on the business side <clears throat> that my working knowledge of the business 10 years ago is completely different than it is today. And I love that. Because even
0: in the there is peace out the voices all around I truly know if you can pause beautiful music down from all my unruly notes. The distance is distant, it's moving close, now I see erase the scales from my eyes, then play the scale of my life chaos played off with a chord in a chord with a source prevented through strife and I've tasted suffering, I've been embraced by the painful buffering. I've been bound by doubt so loud right now, but a melody is made when you play these rusty keys. So we all gotta get pressed, tuned up like instruments, but I know all of life's tempo is set whenever we remember this. What's the beautiful about, about music and things like that, like for a long time, I was kind of stuck in this rut of the thousand foot crutch skillet rock era. And I thought, man, that's all that's ever going to be. That's, that's where the best music originates. <laughs> and uh, I, I honestly don't remember the last time I've listened to a rock album. Most of the stuff I listen to now is stuff like what Matthew Parker puts out. Very, you know, that vibe, and and even Joel Vaughn and, and guys like that, like that's just kind of it's where I enjoy music now, and it's a growing appreciation for that. And I, I I think if you can't grow with it, then you end up driving a Camaro and living with a mullet in a denim jacket for the rest of your life,
1: <laughs> which you know is not bad. I mean, to each his own, right? You know, uh, I I I just really appreciate you know to you know be the horse here, but I just. You know, we have some gospel acts that I'm just really, really excited about that are up and coming, uh, that are currently charting on radio, that are just really, I'm just excited about the sound and where the industry is going for us in the gospel realm, but then everywhere else as well. You know, you mentioned Switch, and we've talked about them. You know, it's, it, it can come from anywhere, really. And I think that's the beauty of music is Bill Hearn. Before he passed, you know, the CEO of Capital Christian told me a story about, you know, kind of was answering a question where I was in a meeting with him one time. And we were in Nashville, we were doing, you know, Capital Christian is our distributor. And we were kind of sitting down, you know, laying out all the artists that we were planning on working and just kind of strategizing a little bit. And so Bill walked in and sort of was very quiet, but, you know, you could feel his presence. He's he's a very important person to the industry. And he's walking through the halls of his of the company. And you're kind of like, I got to stop here and ask him a question. This guy has got close to 50% market share (laughs) of an industry. You're like, you kind of want to ask this guy a question, you know? And so I'm eager to learn as always. And uh, I asked him, so what's, what's your secret? You know, I mean, obviously he's got Hillsong Crowder and Tomlin. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And he just, he just kind of smirked and said, it's all about the song. And, and isn't it though? I mean, like we talk about strategies, about things that we can or can't do. And, all of the people that can be surrounded around things. But at the end of the day, the art itself has got to stand alone. It gets a spotlight on it. And if, if the song does stand on its own, of course, all of the marketing things will help that. But it really will spread an organic sort of sense for people to pass it on to their friends and it becomes what we affectionately call a hit, you know? I'm just really excited about and I love the fact that it can come from anywhere.
0: That's a that's a great point. It comes from a place that least surprises you. Somebody can go to a music school for decades and not be able to produce anything that anybody wants to listen to. But some kid in, in a basement with his MacBook can produce something that you're just like, I'm floored by this. I want to listen to this all day, every day from some kid who's just hoodling around with Pro Tools.
1: Right. I mean, that's how Matthew Parker started. I mean, I signed him back in 2014, I believe. Uh, even he will say that he's come a long way. I mean, his first record was a record called Shadowlands that was with us. Uh, eight placements on Dude Perfect, and that's kind of what launched it for us, is the Dude Perfect guys were very affectionate towards his sound at the time, and uh, it really launched him into all these new territories. So when his next record, Adventure, came out, he was ready for radio, and he had three top fours on the Christian Billboard Hot ACCHR chart, like literally back to back to back. And before you know it, it's all of a sudden you know he's doing very well, and it's very cool because he got his own studio in his own place. And when I met him, I was I sort of affectionately called him the bedroom producer because that's just how it works. And the idea is that the the songs were great and they resonated, and, and that's really all you need.
0: His song "Daydreamer" uh, in in good well good memories off a of "Daydreamer" is so good. Yeah, he's
1: you know his "Daydreamer" record is a very artistic record. It's very much an extension of adventure, but it really does get into a whole mess of greatness. I think that record specifically, the Daydreamer record, is going to be one of those records where I think people will be fascinated with it because of its depth. Uh, there are certain songs in that that won't be heard on radio, but are just fantastic pieces of art. And, uh, yeah, so we're we're excited about that, and I love uh, Good Memories as well.
0: The rest of our crazy life. Some of my favorite songs are songs that weren't made for radio and they don't get played on radio, but they're just deep cuts.
1: Yeah, Landry Cancell has a few of those. Uh, he's got a song called Fly that is uh, sort of a deep cut, but it's just a very, very,
0: very good song.
1: But it never saw the light of day of radio. We, we thought about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, totally.
0: Yeah, radio has so much, like, it's got to fit in this box before it can get played. And there's some songs that just, they're just too good for radio, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, what's interesting is I, I do think that, you know, there's standard practice um, when it comes to the listener and then there's certain, there's enough room there for an artist to kind of break in. And it's a slim sort of kind of way of getting in there. But sometimes when they do um, it's those riskier songs that if they resonate Everybody get jumps on it, and then you have a hit on your hands, and uh, those are those are great because I I feel like I feel like the Switch Symphony song kind of represents that sort of they sort of slip through, you know, and uh, got the attention. Well, you see what's what's going on with it right now. It's it's just amazing, but I I love that because it does not sound like well whatever that this means, but your typical Christian song.
0: And it's it's better when it doesn't because it stands out and it stands on its own. It's not the same copy paste Christian song. Absolutely, I will say this about artists that are kind of coming out of the blue, and and maybe even artists that well, like Matthew Parker, he hails from Michigan. There's a guy that I've been talking to. I I worked at a kids camp with him in northern Michigan. In fact, his name is Luke Cyrus, and he's putting out some music very soon. He sent me a sneak peek that I just go. He's another one of those, like he's just kind of done it on his own. He's put out some phenomenal stuff, but what he's about to do in my estimation, I feel like is knocking on the door of what kind of what 21 pilots did with their music, where it's just so eclectic and it kind of pulls from all sorts of corners and he's making it sound so good. He's got such a unique voice and such a, he's got an amazing presence about him and some his most recent stuff he's not put it out yet but it's coming out in the next couple of weeks was produced with one of the guys from mute math uh, in nashville and i'm telling you right now if you want to sign the next the next big guy luke cyrus is going to be big
1: anytime anybody sends you know referrals over I, i immediately start listening so i already have him on my Apple Music, I'll, I'll definitely check them out for sure.
0: I want to kind of bounce back real fast, away from music, just for a second. We'll get back to the world of, of music, but I, I want to get your opinion on what McDonald's is doing, and it's, they're bringing some international foods to the United States, and I'm just curious if, if you're in on these things. So well, let's hear uh, they're, they're bringing something called a Stroop Waffle McFlurry. I don't know what a Stroop waffle is, but it sounds like, you know, a waffle. I'm Googling it and it actually looks just, uh, it's made from two thin layers of baked dough with caramel syrup filling in the middle. I'm in. I'm, I'm in. I'm going to do a Stroop waffle McFlurry. It's going to happen.
1: I mean, it's carbs, right? They should just call it carb, carb with extra carbs.
0: Yeah. And then they're also bringing this thing that sounds so American that it should already be here. It's called the Grand Mc Extreme Bacon Burger from Spain. <laughs>
1: oh boy if you're if you're a nutritionist right now you you're you're just not having a good day
0: oh man i live in kansas city so hashtag barbecue we don't have nutritionists here
1: oh yeah oh yeah i mean being in los angeles everybody's a nutritionist right i don't know if that all that stuff will make it its way to southern california
0: well what about this the tomato oh you don't do tomatoes it's called a tomato mozzarella chicken sandwich and it's from canada
1: that that actually sounds good if I was in the tomato.
0: Yeah, and then lastly from Australia again, this sounds like something that should already be here, but cheesy bacon fries.
1: Oh yeah, I, I mean I'm surprised it's not. I feel like they're kind of late to the party. I mean cheese, bacon, and fries. That's it.
0: Yeah, I don't. It's not that creative. I think you can get that at at Wendy's and like every other restaurant in the world.
1: I mean, I mean, I mean, let's think about this for a second. So McDonald's has fries. I'm assuming they have bacon. You know from their. One of their breakfast menus and they have cheese. You got to go to Australia to get it?
0: <laughs> I feel like they're struggling a little bit. Maybe they're influenced by the Chick fil A craze.
1: It's kind of like, a, like Taco Bell. Like, how many ways can you really make up a menu item at Taco Bell? I mean, your, your items are beans, cheese, ground beef, lettuce, and some sort of wrapping of some sort. And so, if you wrap it a certain way, it's a burrito. If you open that up a little bit, that's a taco, but it's a different word, like you know fry up the fry it up, and all of a sudden you've got nachos. It's interesting how many different ways you can make of the same exact ingredients.
0: It's all about the layering. It's like do you want to do beans first or tomatoes first, or do you want to do chicken first or beef first
1: yeah i mean it it doesn't matter it's all the it's literally it's the same exact ingredient. I am not sure why McDonald's had to go to Australia. I mean, I know in the United States, they have all these ingredients, but who knows? Maybe they, uh, I don't know. I'd love to go to that board meeting.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to be the guy at Taco Bell that says like, I ordered a chalupa and this is not a chalupa. They're like, dude, it's literally everything else. <laughs> oh, I know. We'll just call it a burrito and we'll just call it an a day. <laughs> they, they hand back the exact same thing. Here's your burrito. And they're like, oh, perfect. They're like,
1: it's not beans, cheese, lettuce, and tomato. It's tomato, cheese, lettuce, and beans.
0: They almost have to rewrap it in a, a, a different wrapper that says burrito or chalupa. Nobody really knows.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like they're wasting paper and ink.
0: We've talked in the past about artist development. And th- I mean, that's really kind of one thing that you guys do. And I feel like you do really well is taking an artist and, and more so than just going, all right, you make good music. But, like, you have to you almost have to forecast and create a story and find story worthy parts of the artist. Uh, just briefly, if you wouldn't mind kind of telling me and telling the listeners about that process of, of, of really how you go from new guy walks in the door, he just signed a dream label group. What's next? That's a great
1: question. So, the first thing that, that all of our artists do when we sign. Unless there's already product in play, in other words, they've already recorded stuff that we have sort of affectionately wanted to release and market already, those artists are going to go write. If it's all about the song, then again, you have to go be really good at your art and your craft. Either they're going to write by themselves, they're going to write with others, we can help them with the rights. You know, we connect producers and songwriters and, and uh, writing houses and publishing companies. We often work with all the other labels we're competitors. But we also work together in certain certain aspects. But once the songs are sort of being accumulated, we have what is called a 5-10 15-to-1 rule, which is essentially meaning that what we'd like to see is, for every five songs, let's decide one that we think is, is going to make it on the record, or 10 songs, or 15 songs. If I were to tell anybody, hey, go do something that you already love, that's a dream come true as far as I'm concerned. And so we really want to pour into that. We want them to be the best that they could possibly be. Let's say all that art is done, we picked all the songs. We have to work with our distributor capital to set release date, around a strategy of how to roll things out. Now, originally, it was all about the record, the album, going to Best Buy, Target, you know, Walmart, et cetera, to, to kind of roll out records. Now it's obviously digitally based and singles based. And so you can roll out singles. Sometimes people do it every nine weeks. You know, they lead it up to an album. Sometimes they don't even have an album to lead up to. They just permanently release songs. Maybe at the end of all of those songs, we'll put an EP together or several EPs together. It just kind of comes up, whatever we can come up with. But once we've decided the product, then we start deciding things like radio singles. We start deciding things like press, how to roll that out, how much advanced time we need. And then we roll out strategies like introducing the song to uh, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Pandora, Amazon, Google Play. You know, the list goes on and on and on. So we sort of have to figure out how to get that Uh, initial portion with retail and the retailers to actually editorialize it, feature it, so the consumer can easily find it. So if they don't know exactly who that is, maybe they'll click on it. And so we want to make sure that we're kind of everywhere. As the record gets rolled out, the singles get rolled out, if we are doing radio, all that stuff sort of cumulatively funnels into dates and timelines. We have all the resources to do all of it in-house. That's the beauty of, of Dream. We would used to hire out this PR person, this radio person. We felt like our own relationships would be really important for longevity for our own company. And so we just decided that it would make much more sense to just continue building our relationships internally. And so that's kind of where it's at. So upon reaction rates, organic reach, things being talked about on social media – That's kind of how we start to break things. Now, the great part about some of our artists is that after a period of time, or lately, initially, people will want to sort of tie themselves to those artists, you know, managers, booking agents, and sort of help develop those careers with us. And so we've been seeing that increase a lot. A lot more people are kind of getting themselves wrapped around some of our artists. We're really flattered by that. I used to be a manager myself. I always wanted to be with labels that were doing something for their artists, and so I recognize that it's pretty cool, actually. So, yeah, so that, that's kind of our strategy. I wouldn't say that we're visionaries. We are visionaries for our own label and kind of what we want to see by the end of the year, but more in the sense of profits and losses and souls and, and how many people do we, do we reach and things like those, those numbers. But in terms of, you know, outreach, we, we just want to make sure that we just get the songs pushed out as far as be possible. The weird thing is, is that I never know... If it affects somebody's life. I wish I found out a lot more. Sometimes I have, I will do some research. So let's say it's getting later on into the evening and we're getting tired and you know, my wife's kind of putting the kids to bed and I'll jump on the computer and I'll just kind of Google some of the artists and see if anybody's talking about them just so I can feel as though I'm getting some sort of story because I really thrive off of that. I wish I got more of that. I think that would really even make me more passionate about the art because that's why we started doing this in the first place. But that type of stuff really, really drives me. And so I, I, I keep thinking about that as we're pushing new artists out. But, you know, going back to the, the old sort of verbiage is if the songs are there, we do feel that they will, they will do well.
0: I work in radio during my day job. And we're always talking to people and the, you know, the fun part about radio is most of the time you're talking to somebody, even though they're there and they're feeling like you're talking with them. And that's the goal. We want them to feel that we're there with them in their car, wherever they're listening. But it's, you know, a song comes on and someone cries or someone feels something. We don't always hear that. And the percentages of people that actually reach out and say anything is way smaller than what it actually is. It's hard to, it's hard to really Gauge that. And granted, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not the ones that are changing lives. It's not us that is important. It's the message inside the song and, and and that's kind of the goal. But you want to know that what you're doing is working. You don't want to just keep doing something that's not as effective. So I can feel that that disconnect that you'd want to search and like, are we connecting? Is this artist working? Is this is the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs>
1: you know it it's really interesting because you know I'm a hybrid when it comes to talking about the music industry. The first part is just straight business i mean i'm uh, my wife says that you know i I'm, I'm sometimes very, very business and you know because i I think like that you know like numbers and, and and all that stuff matter. but the other part of me is that I care that somebody is affected by something over here quite quite a big deal actually, and so I yearn for that I yearn for somebody to sort of speak into that. And so, you know, I have a, a cousin out in the Midwest. He was telling me through social media and, like, a picture about how a certain song was affecting this this lady. And that really, like, really made an impression on me because, you know, she doesn't know, like, how hard it was to get it
0: to that person.
1: But it spoke to her. And so, like, I'll work that hard again just to have that reaction.
0: When you when you know that it's finally working and that it's connecting, it's it's a beautiful feeling, it really is. You keep reminding me of who you and all that you have done. What's in the works that is, is something that you're excited about with Dream Label Group? Uh, Life
1: Church Worship. Life Church Worship is the uh, the in-house worship team over at Life Church. They're also I don't really know how to call this. It's like they're the brother, sister, sibling of Switch, who is also in-house at Life Church. All are on staff over there. But I just got their single, and it's called uh, "Where the Spirit of the Lord Is." And uh, we're going to be sending that out to radio here, I think, in the next day or so with their team. I've actually been working with them all day today about getting it sort of um, prepped. And one of the things is, is uh, Cassidy from Switch is actually featured on the song, in the in the bridge of the song, uh, just to kind of give everybody a wink and sort of a nod to the connection between those two. That That is something I'm extremely excited about. Um, I'm also really excited about the the new Hillary Jane stuff. Hillary Jane has been around for a little bit uh and was originally on Ra Miller's label sort of bounced around a little bit uh with labels looking at her and uh she sort of landed uh with us and I had discovered her because she's on one of Matthew Parker's tracks that uh, is a part of the adventure record it's called system victim and that's how I got introduced to her and I just like I liked her right. I like to, I met with her and her husband and I just really appreciated their heart for, for ministry and outreach. And so we did a deal and I'm really excited, uh, about their song. I also have a brand new Landry Cantrell record, which is the follow up to his first record with us that did very well. And, uh, I'm just so excited to get that record out. And so we're prepping for that. And then I also have a brand new Joel Vaughn single. New We Are Leo stuff that we just signed. We have an incredible worship team up in Utah called The Rock Music that we're really excited about. The list just kind of goes on and on. You know, it's like, which kid do you like the best, you know? I like them all, you know? And a majority of them I have now signed over here. And so I I have really deep friendships with these people, knowing their families and, and, and talking about things outside of music. And so it gets me really jacked to, like, talk about it uh, but timeline-wise, to answer your question. I would say the next thing that we're really excited about, just from a timeline perspective, is the Life Church worship single, and then Hillary Jane
0: following that. My wife and I go to Life Church Overland Park campus, and we absolutely love the worship music that they that they put out. And what's fun is most of it. Like I, I real the song you just said that you guys are about to send to radio is a song that we've sung so many times, and I love it. And I never knew that that was one of their songs. Yeah.
1: That's cool. That's
0: a good sign. I mean, they play a lot of Hillsong Worship, and let's be honest, who doesn't? But the, the music that they're putting out is, we, we talked about it earlier with Switch, it's different and it's a good different. There's bad different out there, but what Life Church Worship is putting out is good, good, good different.
1: Well, what I, what I love about that team is that they have a lot of very talented people over there. Um, I'm a big uh admirer of Chris Cootie, who is from K- Chris and Conrad. Uh, if you're familiar that song, Lead Me to the Cross, he is the singer of of this Where the Spirit of the Lord is track. You know, Stephen Cole over there is just really good. He sings on that God So Good track. You know, Cassidy, yeah, Rob, just the whole team, Luke and the whole team over there, including JT. I just really appreciate what they're doing, and, and their songwriting culture is so strong over there. We're just really happy with kind of where it's all, all going. So yeah, I, 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 shared your affection for them.
0: Yeah. I see them as without an issue being as good as Hillsong worship, Bethel worship, elevation worship. Like they're already like, they are that caliber of artists and writers and performers different, but I mean, just instantly you put that to radio. It's going to be, it's going to be killer.
1: I think we're going to have fun. I'm excited about pushing that one for
0: sure. Awesome. Lance, man, I, I love talking music with you. I love talking uh, industry stuff with you. And I, I really appreciate you coming on my show today. I hope we get to do it again real soon. Um, and think of me next time you're trying to break something that's super cool. I know. You know what? I
1: almost want to send you, I want to send you something. I want to send you like almost like a first listen. You know, Maybe I'll send it to you over text message real quick.
0: I would love that. Let the world know. What's happening? When it's happening? Where they can go? And just just tell the people the things. Okay.
1: Well, thanks, Chad. I really appreciate it, man. I uh, I want to just kind of give a special shout out to our Dream Label Group website for all things Dream. Uh, all the labels, all the artists. You know, we have plenty of bios and social media links over there, and new records and all that. So I'm I'm uh, I'd love to say that. And then my wife and I have sort of a, a little side thing move in. You know, as you know, my uh, I sort of said a little funny little you know, posts or whatnot on my Facebook account. But my wife Roxanne and I started a Facebook page that is going to have tons of video content of our lives and sort of our comedic sort of mindset when it comes to things on video. So it's just Facebook.com/slash Lance and Roxanne.
0: Yeah, and I'll just say as a side note to that, I'll I'll echo what you said. It's you're one of my favorite people to follow on social media because of where your brain is most of the time. <laughs>
1: I'm always making my posts in the morning uh, because I just have
0: really, really strong coffee. There's a spot in San Francisco I saw today that sells a cup of coffee for $75. What? Like, I don't know what, I didn't read enough to make me understand what makes it special, but $75, the only way that I would spend $75 on a cup of coffee is if it came with a $73 gift card to Starbucks.
1: <laughs> you know, I could probably do a lot with, would you say $75 cup of
0: coffee? Yeah,
1: $75. Wow, I wonder what's in it. I mean, I wonder if you can publish a book after you drink it.
0: No joke. Run a marathon, something like that. Save.
1: Yeah, like lift a car. Go, and go time travel. Who knows?
0: And then just go to the internet and search Dream Label Group. So many phenomenal artists including some of the artists you heard on this episode, Switch, with their song Symphony featuring Dylan Chase, Matthew Parker's song Good Memories, and Joel Vaughn's More Than Good Enough. And they've got so many amazing artists, so many amazing songs a part of their group. Would love for you to go and find out and discover as much as you can about them. And then follow the Hot Takeout podcast on social media for your chance to win some free stuff. Just search Hot Takeout Pod. And then if you think it might look like this podcast, click follow. Follow. And since you thoroughly enjoyed this episode, my guess is that you'll enjoy the others. So however you're listening to the episode now, go back, find an artist that you know, listen to that episode. And if you don't see one you know, discover a new one. Chances are you'll like what they're doing. I'm
1: no end it!